You're now listening to the Bar Stars Podcast, where we explore health, longevity, and performance. I'm your host, Edward Checo, and we'll be diving deeper into topics I've been studying for the last 10 years as a catastatics expert. Today, our guest is Samuel Delgado. He started catastatics training in 2012. He went on to exceeding in the freestyle format with his unique style of no fear. He won Battle of the Bars 9 in 2014 in Las Vegas. He competed in some of the biggest catastatic competitions in the United States. He also competed on American Ninja Warrior Season 9 and was a national finalist in his rookie season. He has been a full-time personal trainer for over eight years, helping so many people change their lives through fitness and catastatics, all the while raising two teenage daughters who he's raised as a single father while also building his fitness career. We talk about how he changed his life around from smoking and drinking every day to backflipping off of pull-up bars, how he personally trains, and how he manages fear. Enjoy. All right, Samer, how's, uh, how's your day going? Good, not too bad. All right, so let's start from the beginning. How did you start with calisthenics? How did I start with calisthenics? I, I was working out at the gym. I started uh, getting into just regular fitness, just uh, pushing weight, you know, doing the whole normal thing. I started an Instagram ch- uh, channel or page. I really got into the whole fitness thing, so I was just posting a lot about fitness, and I started following fitness people. And then I came across a guy from uh, California who was actually doing a human flag. That caught my attention. I went into his page, and I saw him doing uh, pull-ups. Back then, there were no videos, so it was all pictures. He was doing pull-ups, and then in another picture, he was like on top of the bar, almost like doing a dip. And then he called it a muscle-up, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I kind of blew my mind, so... From then, I started researching what muscle-ups are, what human flags are, and why is this thing that he's, this guy is doing. Um, he was actually pretty fit. He looked good. He looked like he was in shape. But he was also doing this, all these cool activities and, and moves and skills that kind of blew my mind. So I've always been pretty extreme, pretty crazy. And um, I've always like liked to monkey around a lot. So... This fit more my style than than lifting weights. The lifting weights was too controlled, too comfortable, too uh, just the same up and down, lift, put it down, lift, put it down, and it it, it was pretty boring for me. So this calisthenics kind of fit my lifestyle more, fit the person who I was more. So I looked into it, and then I found Bar Stars on YouTube, and that really blew my mind completely because now I was watching video of not only people doing these skills live, but some of these people were doing it in competitions in a community. They were all together in a park, like some parks that were made for this thing. It was crazy to me. Like, I can't believe I've never seen this before. And they were doing all these muscle-ups, and then not only were they doing muscle-ups, but then they were doing muscle-ups and then exploding from the top of the muscle-up and, like, jumping off the bar and, like, clapping their hands and catching the bar. And it was just literally mind-blowing to me. I mean, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And uh, when I was a kid, I did some rollerblading, um, and I would be—I was an extreme rollerblading athlete. Just like doing tricks. Yeah, like ten years old, I was out there, like you know, doing three sixties and 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 landing on on bars and kind of like grinding on bars and all these things. This reminded me of that because they were doing three sixty and landing on bars with their hands. So it was—it just resonated with me. So I knew I wanted to do this. I knew I wanted to like learn, and and it kind of lit my fire to be better, more fit, stronger, 
because my goal was to compete. My goal was to go and be in that community. My goal was to go show them that, hey, this guy from Connecticut, this kid can do this stuff too. Well, you remember what year that was? I believe that was 2012. How old were you? I was about 25. So you have a, a pretty daredevil style, I think. A lot of people would describe your style. One of the first people, if not the first, to backflip off the pull-up bar. And catch it. And catch it. And just doing a lot of stuff that generally a lot of people will be very fearful to do. And also, you're a big guy for people that don't know. Uh, how, how tall are you? Um, six foot. Yeah. So usually you associate these moves with a bunch of much smaller people. Yeah. So what makes you do these moves? What gives you the interest? Are you like an adrenaline junkie? I think I am. I think I'm an adrenaline junkie. I, I think most people that know me will say that. They, you know, a lot of my friends especially the people who don't do calisthenics or any type of um, the stuff I do, um, kind of keep me in check in public because I'm the one that wants to go on a, you know, when we're grocery shopping, I want to do handstands in the grocery cart or, you know, I want to do handstands on an escalator at the mall. And I've always been that way. Do you have fear when you do some of this stuff? Yes, there's some fear, but I like the fear. Give me, you know give me, saying? run me through your thought process. So let's say the first time you decided to do the backflip off the pull-up bar. I, I, it was a dream, actually, a, like a literal dream. Yeah, I had built my park in my backyard back then. I, I built a nice little workout park. Um, so I was training back there a lot, all the time. And I was learning the moves. I was learning the 360s, so, and I was getting them. I was, I was good at them. I was transitioning from one bar to the other. I was um, backflipping off the bar and landing on the ground. And all that was comfortable for me. So I would constantly think of what is the one thing I haven't seen. What is the one thing that I haven't seen that is going to blow people's mind when I'm doing a competition? What is the one thing that I can do to, def to make myself different from everyone else? I was always thinking that way. And, what is the, and also what excites me? Like What is, the, what is it that excites me? Um, I love backflipping. I've always did. And I have no fear at all of doing it. You know, I would think about it so much that I think I would just dream about it as well. And one night I woke up from a dream. And the dream was that I flipped so high up that before I finished my flip, I could see the pull bar right underneath me. And all I had to do was just put my hand on it and land like a regular muscle-up. Like if you were to jump over a muscle-up and catch it, the same thing. So I'm like, holy crap, that felt real. That felt like it was possible. I think I, I think that can happen. I think that I can do that. But first I have to like figure out if it's possible. So I have to like do it from somewhere short and just like jump. So yeah, that's kind of what my thought so process was. You're you're able to backflip at this point though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was really good at backflipping already. Well, you were backflipping before calisthenics? Yes. Since I was a kid, like in high school, like I would just like jump up on top of like a wall somewhere and just flip off. And my friends were like, man, Simon, what the hell? Stop doing that shit, crazy ass. <laughs> how did you learn how to backflip? A friend of mine in high school as well. He so could- Like 15, 16? Yeah, around there. Yeah, he could backflip. And he taught me in a in a mattress. He like, like, it was an old mattress we found. We, <laughs> we used to live in the projects and stuff back then. And people would just throw their mattress out and, and you know, outside. So we just pick one up, brought it, and he kind of like taught me how to do it. And yeah, that's how I learned. And then I just took off <laughs> from there. What's your advice for people that want to try this 
just crazy stuff like a backflip or something they think is particularly risky. Like uh, for me, like people think my, your moves are definitely more riskier than my moves. But people look at mine like, let's say a backclap muscle. They're like, oh my God, you're going to break your teeth. I'm like, break it down into smaller progressions, you know, just don't go for a muscle up backclap. Get the muscle up. Then, you know, start letting your hands go on the muscle up and do a clap. And then, you know, slowly but surely progress towards it. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think if you're anything like me and you want that adrenaline rush, then you are first going to be confident. You got to be confident that you can do something. That's the first thing. If you're not confident, you should not do it. You should not do it just because you're like, if he can do it, I'm just going to do it. Don't. You know, there's there's obviously um, a correct way to go on about it. Um, if I was going to tell anyone to learn a backflip, I will first take them to a gymnastics gym to have a foam pit. And I will tell them to just learn by throwing themselves in that foam pit over and over and over and over again. Just keep throwing yourself. And as bad as you do or as good as you do, it doesn't matter because you're not going to get hurt. Same thing like into water too. You know, that's a good way to learn. To try the actual backflip into water. Yeah, just like kick off and just jump back there a bunch of times. And you could do that for like two weeks and then your body will seem to understand kind of like what you're trying to do to it. And before you know it, you have a bit of an understanding. Once you have a bit of an understanding, then you could take it to the next level. Now you could, like if I was like teaching someone, I would be like, all right, after like, let's say, if if I was actually training someone to do it, I would probably do the backflip into the foam pit for like a few hours. If you're doing it alone, just do that for like a week. And then maybe put like a, a um, landing mat inside the foam pit. So now you're landing into something that's not just a foam pit, but you could actually land on your feet. And then try doing that. And then from there, then you probably go into uh, from a bigger surface into a mat, higher surface into a mat, and then you lower down the surface until you get to the ground. How realistic is it that someone could attempt a backflip and their head ends up where their heels were at the starting position? Something like at the edge of a pool. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that I could attempt the backflip and then my head just hits? 100% is very realistic. Very realistic. It's happened. I've seen people do it. <laughs> so, so you kind of like want to push yourself back as well. So at first, I wouldn't even say I'd send a backflip. Just throw yourself back. And land like on your back. Way bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people to attempt a whole backflip because most people will do what you just said. <laughs> That's and, what I was thinking in my head. I'm like. And good. I've seen it happening like in a foam pit. Thank yeah. God it's like soft edges. Yeah. So I've seen people land like on their shoulder on that edge. You know what I mean? If that was the ground, you would have broke your face. <laughs> have you ever been injured doing a backflip? Yes, I have. What happened? Oof. Um, uh, I had an injury. I had a shoulder, uh, shoulder injury, so I hadn't done muscle up, muscle ups for a while. But um, I was, I was back. I was good. I wasn't injured anymore, and I was going to go um, be a judge at a competition in New York. With the guys from uh, Bar Crazy, I think I was there. Crazy. You were. This there. wasn't necessarily a backflip, though. It's more like it a, was a backflip attempt, but it was not regular backflip. It wasn't attempt. a regular backflip. No, it was like from a muscle up, correct? Yes, it was from a what we call a cast. So you're casting off your hands, and then from that same cast, you gotta create the the power to muscle to flip. So it's it's a lot more advanced than a regular backflip if that's what you're getting. Yeah, at. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more advanced, and and I, but it was all confidence. It was all in my head. You, you have know? done this before, or no? Yeah, many times. Yep, I've done it many times. Uh, but for some reason that day I hadn't done it 
that same day was the first time I did it in maybe six months after coming back from an injury. And I had some doubt. I let doubt creep in. And that's what I'm saying. Be confident. If you're not confident of doing something, don't do it. Because that day I wasn't confident. But I, I, didn't want to tell, I didn't want to believe I wasn't confident, but I really wasn't. And I just didn't flip at all. So I just landed on my head and on my neck and on my shoulder and hurt myself really bad. I had a concussion. I, um, my, ACL jo- my AC joints were separated on my shoulder or my collarbone. So I had a really bad injury. How long did it take you to recover from that? Mm, long time. Well, my head injury wasn't too bad. I uh, think that only lasted for a few weeks, maybe. Um, but I, don't ha- I have no recollection of the impact from the impact to like an hour after, I have no recollection. That's crazy. And I've just heard stories from everyone that was there yeah, of yeah. how I was acting and what I was saying, what I was doing. I didn't remember how I got there. I drove from Connecticut all the way to New York, three and a half hours. To that competition, and I didn't remember getting there at all or or the whole drive. That's insane. Yeah. Do you feel like after that, that put a more hesitation when you try risky moves? Hell no. How were you able to overcome that? Because I know that, for example, one of the worst injuries I've had was the one uh, um, eye muscle up compound. You were there as well for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I went to do. I'm very good luck charm. <laughs> I went to go do a castaway, and my sh- um, a castaway is when you're swinging from a bar, and then you let go and flip in the air and land on your feet. Um, I was doing that, and I let go too high up, so I didn't flip forward. I flipped right over the bar, and both of my shins hit the bar, and then I landed on my face on the ground. And that was really bad, like really bad. So that created a fear for me that I still have to this day, which is doing castaways is scary for me now. Like I do them, but I do them with fear. What happens is I didn't, because of that day, I didn't do that move for a long time. So it became like a thing. It became a thing in my head, like a block, like a, like a wall in my head. That now I have to break through and I, I haven't because it took so long for me to do that move again. So. This castaway backflip, I did it probably a week after. I did it a bunch of times a week after, just so that I can get through my head that, no, you can do it. That was just a a one moment of hesitation that you had, and as long as you don't hesitate, you can do this. You've done it so many years. So it, it was a logic thing, and also I couldn't let that wall build in my head. If I would have took longer than a week to do that move, I would have had that wall build in my head, and I probably would have never done it again. It's like approaching a girl, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're like really scared. And then the longer you take, the more you build up that anxiety. And then you're never going to do it. If it takes you more than a yeah. minute thinking. You yeah, exactly. It. It's over. It's Most. over. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I feel like, do you feel like confidence, the confidence you reference comes from the preparation or just a natural ability? Good question. Well, you think about it, I could answer for, for me. I feel like I'm a lot of moves I missed because I wasn't fully confident. So I remember very specifically the 360 pull-up. I remember trying it over and over again, and I always thought in my when head... you just pull up in 360? Yeah. Oof, that's I, such a tough move. I always thought in my head, like, oh, you're not going to do it. Or you're not gonna, oh, wait, no, you didn't turn enough. And I, every time I had that, I projected that into my body movements. You know, I felt like I wasn't turning. I, I knew I wasn't pulling high enough, you know? Mm. So I do feel like your mindset plays a huge role in learning a lot of these skills. But I feel like something that helps me personally is, is practicing, again, the smaller progressions of the movement. Maybe just pulling really high, not turning. Maybe just turning on its own. And then combining those things together, knowing that 
okay. And then there is also that little percentage of just like, no, I could fucking do it. You mm-hmm. know, like I know I could do it. If, if there's another human being out there that could do it, I could do it. Yeah. So I think some people have the raw skill of doing some some certain moves. Like, for example, let's say that 360, that pull-up 360. Some people might be able to get that quicker, right? And 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 just have that confidence and just go and get it and do it on maybe their fifth try or the sixth try or the tenth try, the, f- the first day they try it. But then there's some there's some moves that are very hard for me or for anyone else. Like for me, like moves like let me see. There there's certain moves I can't remember one right now, but there's certain moves that are very hard for me. So when it comes to those moves that you just can't get, now you have to learn to break them down instead of being uh, hard headed and just saying, "No, oh, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it." You might get hurt because you tried it like a bunch of times and it's just not working out. Something is not clicking. You have to break it down to smaller progressions. And and most people have to break almost every move down to smaller progressions to get it. There's some people who just have raw skill and are able to get moves quicker. Something clicks in their head. Maybe something they did when they were young. Maybe some type of gymnastics they did. Maybe some type of like me with roller skating or rollerblading. That helped me to do a lot of the, the twisting moves so super easy. I was able to catch them faster. Um, but most people don't have the raw skills or, or that that. Uh, muscle memory. So I wouldn't suggest to most people to just go 100% from the get-go. I would suggest for most people to just take small steps. I agree with that fully. Like, even if you do know you could do it, it doesn't hurt you to, you know, just wait 10 more minutes and go through some progression just to make sure you got it. Right. Because it only takes us one slip and you could be messed up for months. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the one move that you can't, you couldn't wait to do now puts you off for 10 months. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as hitting your elbow on the bar could be that simple like that elbow right there is like now you can't really do pull-ups you know why would you say people should even attempt this risk you know like let's say they shouldn't they only should if they want to like my risk and reward for me the reward is the feeling you got i mean you can't beat that feeling you can't beat the feeling of working super hard to try and do a handstand and then you finally do it that is an amazing feeling or you can do a handstand push-up and you finally do it so i think the reward for me is that there's people who really don't care much for that type of thing so then they really shouldn't do it i agree and i think that's where some of the arguments come in with like uh reps and freestyles like oh you don't need freestyle to you know to look good or or you know be able to do this type of exercise but again i think yeah you're right you're 100 right but freestyle gives you some type of pleasure that it just feels so good working on a scale and it you first you can't get it, so now you gotta train for it and then you get it. And it's like it's a nice high off of it, I feel. Yep, it is. And 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 it's different, right? Like freestyle is more athleticism when reps is more hard work on the basics over and over again. So again, when you go to reps, again you're thinking about why am I doing this? What is what is the purpose of me doing reps? Is the purpose of me doing reps because I want to have bigger shoulders and bigger back? And a bigger chest or is the purpose of me doing reps um the fact that i'm able to do more numbers now with better clean form that's my purpose i want to have best form ever i want to be able to do a pull-up without one other muscle moving any everything clean my core super tight is that what my purpose is or is my purpose that i want to be um able to muscle up so good because i want to freestyle and and land some of the the more athletic moves so it comes with purpose like I mean, if your purpose is to get big, 
then that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be doing freestyle if you want to get big and huge and have super huge shoulders and that's your purpose. If you want to have the cleanest reps ever, then then you should be doing a lot of reps all the time. Like, you know, and if, if you want to freestyle, you should do the reps because you're trying to have better strength that translates into the, the, the athleticism that freestyle takes. You can just, you, you could be the, as, as athletic as you want to be, but if you don't have the strength and you just have the athleticism, you will get hurt. You will, I mean, if your scapulas aren't strong enough to hold you up, then all you're doing is putting damage on your shoulders. Same thing with your elbows. If your biceps are not strong enough to, to stop that pull, right? You got to stop that pull before it locks out super hard. Then you're going to end up with elbow painting and elbow problems and, and so on and so forth. Perfect segue. Because now I want to know, like, how do you balance your workout? Because you do a little bit of everything, am I right? Or Yeah. So how do you balance? So get me through a, a normal workout there for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's been ever-changing my whole career of, of training, fitness, and calisthenics and so on. Right now, my my training consists of uh, I want to I want to be stronger than I've ever been. I want my athleticism. I believe in. I haven't really practiced freestyle in a long time. Um, I don't have a place to practice it. And you train at a traditional gym. Yes, I train at a traditional gym right now. But I still love calisthenics and I put calisthenics into every single one of my workouts. But right now, I'm I'm training for two things. I'm training for one thing I've never trained for before, which is size. I do want to have uh, more size. And I'm also training for uh, strength. So those are two things that I've never really fully committed to before. Um, before I did the reps, because I wanted my freestyle to be sick and clean and flawless. Now I'm doing reps because I want to be stronger to be able to hit moves that I've never been able to hit before because it wasn't something I cared about enough, like like a planche or like a one-arm handstand or, or like those type of um, uh, static hold moves that take tremendous amount, amount of, of strength. And, and it takes way more patience and consistency to work on. So my workouts right now, I, I don't only want to be able to do like a planche, but I also want to be big as fuck, six foot guy who has big ass legs and do a planche. So I'm, you know, I, I put out, I put up a lot of weight. It's I gonna do, be rare. Yeah, and I do leg day twice a week. I'm eating a lot. I'm trying to bulk up. I'm like 187 right now. Usually I compete at like around 170. So I'm like 18 pounds more than normal, and I'm trying to gain weight and I'm trying to do all these strength moves. Well, walk us through a, a typical workout. So you walk. How how long do you spend working out? Man, if I have my choice, like two and a half hours, but I don't have that that type of time all the time. So a full workout would be like two and a half. Uh, Ideally, what do you normally get during throughout the week? About an hour and a half workout. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you walk into the gym. Walk into the gym, I warm up really, really, really well, especially the back of my shoulders because I've had so many front of the shoulder injuries. Um, I warm up the back of my shoulders a lot, and I work, if I'm doing legs that day, I'm definitely warming up my hip flexors. I'm warming up my glutes. I'm warming up. How much my, time you spend warming up? About 15 minutes. I use bands. I use the bar stars bands actually a lot for the back of my shoulders. Nice plug. I love them. No, I'm serious though. I, do, I really do use them. I actually have them with me. I take them with me everywhere I go. So I do that, and depending on the day, I might do a little bit of cardio, like 10 minute cardio, just to get some blood flowing through my on the my, treadmill. Yeah, I use a treadmill. I'll do like some jumping jacks. I'll do some like jump roping. I love jump roping. It's one of my favorites. Uh, after that, I've been doing a pull-up program for nine weeks. I actually just stopped because I have some 
elbow injury right now. Um, but I will do my pull-ups first. Depending on the day, I'll do my, my pull-ups. That will take me like 20 minutes. And then after that, we'll do whatever work I'm doing. So if I'm working out legs, probably going to do some squats. I'm gonna, probably going to do some um, kettlebell stuff, uh, barbell stuff. And then I end the day with uh, planche training or front lever training or one-arm handstand training. So after you, do, after you do legs, you'll st- now you work on the skills. Yeah, by the end. Do you ever feel like you're too tired to work on the skills from nah. the workout? Never. <laughs> I don't know why I don't. Uh, if I'm working my legs, then my shoulders are fine. You know what I mean? And how about like on a day you're working your shoulders? How then, What does your split look like? Is it upper, lower, a full body? I don't have a consistent split. I kind of go by feeling. But yeah, if I'm doing legs, I'm doing just legs. I'm doing, I'm working out quads, hamstrings, and calves. And um, I usually throw some core in there as well. And then at the end, like, let's say I did shoulders. That day, shoulders. Let's say I did shoulders and, and some back. Or no, let's say these shoulders and biceps. That will be more likely, like shoulders and biceps. At the end, I will work on more front lever stuff, which is more of the lats and core. You feel like you're progressing? I do slowly because I'm working on so many things. If I was, if I were to just stick to one thing only, so let's say I'm working on just handstands for the next five months, or like one arm handstands or whatever it is, then I will probably progress more. But I feel like it's more risky to do that because then you hitting the same muscle group so much and then you're not resting enough. How is this different from how you used to train when you were prepared for a freestyle competition? It's different because back then I was doing the reps for a different purpose. I was doing a lot of pull-ups and a lot of push-ups and a lot of dips and I was introducing cardio into all of that because my purpose was to not get as tired and to have flawless uh, strength. My strength should be, should make my uh, freestyle flawless or, or well, run, run us through that. How do you get ready for a freestyle comp when you did? I used to do the five-minute drill all the time. So for people that don't know it. Five-minute drill is you do 50 pull-ups and 100 push-ups as fast as you possibly can. And the goal is to get it under five minutes, which is a pretty hard goal to hit. But, um, I mean, before Vegas, I had it down to like 4.45 or something. Wow. And then I would just keep doing push-ups at the end, see how many more push-ups I would get to. I get to five minutes. This is before the freestyle or after? This is this is my everyday workout. My freestyle had nothing to do with my workouts. My freestyle was just like my there was this workout and there's training, right? So working out is when you 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 put your time into train into working out a muscle group or to working out uh something that will have um the the rewards will come in time. Training is me getting on the bars and working on this one move that I want to work on. It has nothing to do with working out. I'm not training. I'm not thinking about what muscle group is working or anything like that. I'm just working on a move. I'm just working on doing something over and over again until I get it clean. Practicing. Practicing, basically. Yeah. And how do you combine these two? So like if, on a normal day, would you have a session in the morning, session at night? Does one go before the other at the same session? Um, I will usually do my workouts by themselves. And then when I have time, I'll get with my team or I go by myself and do my training, my, my, my calisthenics freestyle training alone. And we always start the calisthenics freestyle training with some reps as well, just to warm up all the muscles and everything. Nice. Yeah. Do you feel like it's hard to freestyle on your own? Cause I know for me, it's definitely a disadvantage if I'm trying to learn something new by myself. 100% of disadvantage to train alone for freestyle calisthenics. I feel like having other people there, especially people at your same level or higher level, makes all the difference. Uh, 
both with motivation and and you just push harder and you know what i mean and then yeah. just that 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 team mentality there people are cheering you on and you're cheering them on and it just grows and, and you're able to pull out different moves and yeah yeah i definitely agree I, a lot of the freestyle the highest freestyle moves i could have not done if it wasn't with people that, that pushed me to train harder and right. to attempt it when someone is like come on in let's go let's yeah. go do this like that's the best feeling and or then you get it yeah and then everybody goes crazy <laughs> yeah 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 what and they say now you gotta do two more times the first time wasn't you know it doesn't count unless you do it three times in a row that's exactly yeah. what we say <laughs> or even if they get them before you then you're just like okay it's possible you right. see someone do it like it's possible and right. this, he, i just watch him not being able to do it to doing it yeah so now i can do it exactly that's and a, then you end up having it exactly doing it yeah that's, that's a the lot best of, feeling yeah Training partners are almost essential. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be some other things that affect your freestyle performance outside of training? That affect it? Yeah. Like negatively or? Or positively. Either or. Other things that affect my freestyle performance. For example, I imagine it must be tough like when you compete in the Vegas because there was a time zone, a jet lag. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't remember when we flew in, but probably the day before at Tops. Yeah. So I'm sure that may i that might have played a that plays a part of me <laughs> yeah it didn't play a part of me it, it didn't but um i guess it can i think eating also can play a part on you uh, on, on your performance too if you're eating really shitty food i don't care who you are it might not show because you're still cut up like th these people do freestyle i mean you spend so many calories and so much energy freestyling i mean it's almost like doing cardio and 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 strength training at the same time when you freestyle. This is why most people that freestyle cut the hell up, but that doesn't mean you're the healthiest. You know, you can still be eating really shitty food. And that that plays in endurance and it plays in, in, in how, well, endurance is how long you can go and, and how long your muscles are gonna be able to take you. And so I think eating is a big deal. What do you classify as shitty food to you? Refined sugars, any fast food is shitty food. Any fast food. Even Chick-fil-A? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even Chick-fil-A. I never even ate Chick-fil-A in my life. But I heard it's good, though. And I do want to try it. I want to try it. Just to try it, because I heard it was good. You know, your usual, like, I mean, what else is there? People that eat, like, chips all the time. It's like donuts and shit like that. It's like all that stuff. How do you eat in a day? You do intermittent fasting still? I remember you, you spoke about it. Yeah, I'm still doing intermediate fasting. Uh, I'm doing 10 hours. So it's not too hard. So when uh, you eat your first meal, when do you eat your last meal? So I eat my first meal at 9 a.m. And my last one around 6.30, 7. And usually, like, I start my my day with uh, oatmeal. I have, like, steel-cut oatmeal. Um, I put a little bit of organic honey in there just for a little flavor. And a lot of peanut butter, like a shitload of peanut butter. <laughs> and um, I eat that with a banana. That's usually my first meal. Then I either have a snack which is usually like a protein bar. If I just went to the gym, it's a protein shake. Then for lunch, it's usually like a chicken sandwich of some sort with a lot of spinach. Always try to make good choices like when it comes to sandwiches, like bread. The bread I'm, I'm You make eating. it yourself? If I'm making myself, then I'm eating some really good bread. If, if not, then I try to, you know, if I'm buying it somewhere, then I'm trying to make sure I get some like whole grains in there. Use mayo? I do not use mayo. Well, I don't think mayo is bad. It's fats. It's not the best fats, but... I don't think it's bad. I, I don't eat it, though. Spinach, avocado. I love bacon. I love chicken. So, yeah, that should be, like, that's usually, like, my lunch. Um, then another snack, 
some type of fruit, uh, nuts, and then dinners usually depending what I'm making that night for dinner or you know what's being made at home. So it's usually some type of carb, whether it's like jasmine rice or brown rice, um, some type of protein, whether it's steak or chicken or pork or something like that. And for veggies, it's usually almost always broccoli. I mean, I eat a lot of broccoli. I go through it. So broccoli, maybe I throw some avocado in there too, just for some extra fats. Well, yeah, that's about it. Do you track your calories? No. I have before. Do you know roughly how much uh, you eat throughout the day? Yeah, around 45. 4,500? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I would love to eat 4,500 calories. Sometimes a little less. Well, you, that's you trying to bulk. Yeah. Or that would be like... I'm trying to keep up with my calories as much as possible. But it's super hard. You also have two daughters? Yep. So they, they eat what you eat pretty much? No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. You cook the meals or... Well, yeah, like dinner they'll eat with me, but they're at school all day. They're hanging out with their friends, like in school. They're you know they're all bringing candy and stuff like that. They, yeah, they get home from school. They're eating cereal. Yeah. So. Are you like a no candy household or no? no. So you're not strict. Not with them. That's good. I I, I give them a little bit of shit, but <laughs> but at the other day they, I mean I don't buy soda for the house. We don't have soda. We don't have juice. Only water and almond milk. I don't drink regular milk. So Why don't that, you drink regular milk? I don't know. I don't, you know, a lot of people, you know, the whole woke thing. I, I don't consider myself woke or any of that, but I definitely don't think we should be drinking anything from it. Like, I don't, it's kind of opened my mind up to like, why are we drinking freaking milk from an animal? Like, like women have milk for the babies. Them cows give milk to their own babies. Like, I don't want to either drink their milk anymore. So I just don't. I stopped and don't miss it at all. And Have you found any changes in your body or performance or anything? No, I haven't noticed any difference. Just the, the thought of how it comes to you. Yeah, it's weird. Like, thinking about it is weird. I mean, it's also weird that we eat the animals, if you think about it, but... Just don't think about it too much. I just don't think about it too much. <laughs> I don't want to be vegan. I love meat too much, so... All right, so you have a, an amazing handstand, and actually, someone I was in the park with someone the other day, Rip Wright, and he just he complimented your handstand. He's Who's like, this? "Oh, uh, Rip Wright." Uh, so, give us some tips. How do you? How, when did you first do a handstand, and what do you feel like uh, really helped you on your journey on the handstand? When did I first do a handstand? First time starting was when I saw you guys' channel on Marshall's channel on YouTube, and I just I knew I could do a handstand. I just couldn't hold one. So you probably, had no fear kicking up? No. Because I feel like that's a, a big hurdle I get yes. to when I train people is they're already just scared to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the journey of me be, being a personal trainer has opened my eyes to things that I never thought about because I didn't have those fears. I can relate to a lot of people. I really can because I really like... I'm, I'm, I'm not fearless. I have fears. But my fears are a lot higher, like higher scarier things that most people will be able to like you know what i'm saying like the the things that people fear normally i don't fear those things i'm scared of kingdom kai at six flags <laughs> i wouldn't be scared of that. i love that stuff love, so yeah. you're a personal trainer when you're already seeing bar stars no no i became a personal trainer like a year after starting to do my calisthenics training 
Did you feel like calisthenics helped, uh, like, made you pursue that passion of being a personal trainer? Yeah, I think it did because I was starting to see myself as, like, my career goals were changing as I was becoming more passionate in calisthenics and in training. And I was like, it changed my mindset. It changed everything about me. Like, I mean, you got to understand that back, back then, things were very different. Now you go on Instagram and everyone's a freaking fitness guy. Everyone is is, is a um, motivational speaker or, or like uh, influencer or whatever, right? Back then it wasn't like that way. So I found myself like influencing people, like really influencing people. And I found myself like people would like message me and like how inspirational. I didn't think it was inspirational. I just was like in love with this stuff and I wanted everyone to hear about it. You know what I mean? I would just post about my handstands or like my progress and, and on Facebook and on Instagram, wherever I could, I would just post it. And I think my passion flew through 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 the internet and, and these people will see it and feel my passion. You know, it's a lot different now because everyone seems to be super, you know, influential purposely now. Before you're just sharing your passion and, and what you were happy about, what you were accomplishing. And I just got lucky that people were seeing it that way. Yeah, so, I think people could just tell passion through a picture or a video or a caption. Or what you write about. Yeah, yeah the caption. Yeah. Exactly. Like they could feel your excitement through it. Or at least I know I've, I've seen somewhere I'm like, oh shit, you know, this right. person looks really happy for what they just did. Yeah, yeah. And you feel it, right? You feel it when they're being real. Sometimes you feel it when they're trying to. So you slowly, you picked up calisthenics and you slowly started pivoting into becoming a personal trainer. Right. Yeah. So back then I was a cook um, and a sous chef at a good restaurant. I was getting paid really well. And I started thinking, like, man, I hate my job. You know, I'm always, like, I, I'm really good at it, but I hate it. So little by little, I started, like, learning more into what it takes to become a personal trainer. And, and I started, like, researching it and uh, studying it. I bought a book. And then I just took a test. And I became a personal trainer first. And then found a job at a local gym, and I just quit cooking completely. It's like, fuck it. Didn't give, him, didn't give him two weeks? No, I gave him two weeks. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't burn my bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I don't burn bridges. I try not to. I remember you had told me that you used to smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink a lot, right? Yeah. That I was did. before calisthenics? How, yeah. Explain how that, how you pivoted away from that. Yeah, so I, back then I was just kind of like following the crowd and just doing what all my friends were doing. There was, most of my friends back there were just like, into video games, which is normal. We were all like 22, 23. We just play video games, being indoors all day. But I always was the type of person that wanted to be active. I wanted to be outside doing stuff. And none of my friends wanted to do that. So I would just be like, okay, fuck it. You know, I'll be doing what they're doing. Call of Duty. Call of Duty, yeah. Call of Duty and, and whatever other video games was. And that's what I found myself doing all the time. And, you know, so then we would just like buy beers and just drink. You know, we go to work, we come home and just drink and smoke cigarettes. And that's what we would do all day, so every you day. So you weren't working out at all? Hell no. Or doing pretty much anything that was active. Because I didn't have anyone to do it with. I didn't have friends that were into that type of thing. Back then I met, I met a girl. And because we started dating, I kind of changed some views on, on life and things like that. And I kind of was like, okay, you know what? It's time to change. It's time to like... Get your act together. And the first thing I wanted to do was to quit cigarettes. So I did that. Why cigarettes? Because of my bank account. That was a big thing. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. 
Eight. Um, I remember back then, I had the first iPhone that ever came out, and Bank of America came out with an app, and I downloaded the app. So I was able to see my bank account in front of me for the first time. I could see what I was spending money on, and every single day I would buy a pack of cigarettes. So it was minus this much, minus this. You know, I think it was like eight, nine dollars back then. So minus eight dollars every single day, and then I did the math. I'm like, how much am I spending? And you know, it came down to I was I was pretty much paying for a car payment. Wow. Every month for smoking stupid cigarettes. So I, I was just like, you know what? No, like this got to stop. So that was the first thing I wanted to stop doing. And then that transitioned into the gym because I was downloading apps on how to quit smoking. I was um, reading about it on the internet. Everyone kept saying or everything kept saying, you got to change things, people, and places. Those are the three things you got to change to quit a bad habit. So you got to change the people you're smoking with, the places where you're smoking at, and the things you're doing while you're smoking. So I quit my job. Back then, I used to work at some restaurant. I quit that restaurant. I started working at a different spot. So that changes the places. And because I, when I was smoking, working at other places, we would just like, you know, work, 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 and we all would take our cigarette breaks. So I changed my places where I was working. I changed the people. I told my friends, like, don't smoke around me. Don't bring that shit around me anymore. So I changed the people who I was smoking with and the things I was doing while I was smoking was like drinking and, 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 and playing fucking Xbox and all that shit. So I wanted to quit all of that stuff. So I did. And then another thing I said is you got to replace a bad habit. So if you want to quit smoking, you got to replace that with something. You can't just leave that empty spot there. Because if not, it's going to come right back into that spot if it's empty. So the one thing I have replaced my, my, my smoking habit with was working out, which was something I had done in the past for like a few months and I really enjoyed it. But I never got into it because in my head, I'm like, you're a smoker. Like, you're not, you're not a fitness person. Like, that doesn't work out. You, gotta, you can't be both. You got to be one or the other. So that actually helped me because if when I said quit smoking, now I could put that into that, that empty spot in my, in my life. Did he do all these changes in one day or was it progressive? I picked a date. So picked you're date. like? I think it was March 30th. March 30th, I'm in contact with my friends, tell them I'm quitting smoking. No, I contact anyone. I'm just quitting smoking. I put my two weeks in a few weeks before the 30th, and I quit smoking. On the 30th, I had a, like a half pack of cigarettes left, and I threw it away. And then I joined the gym. That same day, I went to the gym, joined the gym, and I started going the next day. And I had like a week off from work. So this is how it worked. I quit the gym and quit my job. So like I had a week off from not working at all. I already had the other job set up, but I wasn't going to start yet. So that week was the week I used to completely get rid of the, the smoking out of my life because I didn't want to even leave the house much because if I did, I would want to go to the store and buy cigarettes. I knew that. So I threw my lighters away. I threw all that shit away, and I just stayed home for a few days. Once I was able to come out of the house and like feel a little bit more comfortable coming out and knowing that I wasn't going to go buy cigarettes, I went straight to the gym, got the membership, and I started going the next day. By yourself? Yeah, by myself. That's crazy. It's a lot of dedication. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just going in there and just kind of running on the treadmill and just like, I don't know, using the machines or whatever. Did you feel a lot of body changes after quitting cigarettes? Yeah, the app I had was amazing. That helped me so much because what it would do is it would tell me how my, my body's changing. It would be like 
So it took all the information from me, how many cigarettes I was smoking, how much the cigarettes cost, where I live, um, et cetera, everything, how old I am, every, how long I've been smoking for. It took all my information, and then it, it made a profile for me. And then it will do like three days in, it will say your taste buds are, are 80% close to 100% from when you quit smoking. So um, your lungs are, big, are looking like this now. Show me a picture of my lungs, how they look. A, a week after or whatever. So all these things the app will show me and then it will give me like awards to like, you've been a week without smoking, you saved this much money, here's your first award and things like that. It's a really cool app. Yeah. Was there a free app? Yep. I think it was uh, called Strong. Oh, I can't remember. Strong something. I mean, it's, it's been a long time, so. Got it. Yeah. All right, so fast forward again. You, you've done freestyle calisthenics, you're training a lot, and then you see American Ninja Warrior, and you decide you want to get into that. Tell us what made you want to get into American Ninja Warrior. Again, it's down my alley. I mean, look at what they do, right? They're, they're out there taking obstacles that look scary to most people, and, you know, you got to be very athletic, and, and you got to just, like, beat your fears and just do it. I mean, everything about it was like me, like... Like, if any show out there says Simon Delgado is American Ninja Warrior. How did you do the first time you tried? Uh, the first time I tried it, I was actually a course tester. I went there to test the course. And, like, not to toot my own horn, but I did really well. Like, <laughs> I knew I would. Did you finish? Yeah, they gave, well, first of all, the first we were training each obstacle at a time. Okay. So you will have to get in line. Like there were about a lot of people testing. There were, you know, 30 people there testing. So they will be like, all right, we're going to test this obstacle. Whoever wants to test it, get in line. So, you know, we'll all get in line and then try that one obstacle. And then the, the show producers will change the obstacle, make it a little harder. And then, all right, try it again. Or they'll make it a little easier depending how hard it was. So we tried a few little obstacles and I was doing really well on all of them. And I was building my confidence like, oh, shit, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And then by the end of the day, I mean, it was a long day long hot day of um testing these obstacles like seven hours in they were like all right well if anyone wants to do a full course you know now is your chance we're only picking like two or three people and one of the kids that was there i guess followed me on instagram and he liked what i do and he, and he knew i was good at this stuff so he told the he knew the producer i guess from testing the courses before like he's done a lot of testing for them so he told him like yo you should pick him you should pick summer and and the guy was like, all right, come on. And I'm like, oh, shit, cool, yes. So I got to do a full run course, and I ran the whole thing. I went through all the obstacles on the, on the um, what do they call it, the qualifying course. I went through all the obstacles, and then behind the qualifying course is five no other obstacles for the finals course. But we weren't testing those that day. So when I got through the qualifying obstacles, um, I asked, I'm like, can I keep going? They're like, oh, go ahead, fine. So I'm like, oh, cool. So then I tried to, to do the finals course after, and I got through three of the five obstacles in the finals course. Which so you, are, you stopped on one? I did three of them. So I did I did the five obstacles for the qualifying course and then three more from the finals course. But there were more after that? or There were two more that I missed. I didn't finish the whole thing. I mean, if I would have finished the finals course, like the thing is, I'm a Ninja Warrior, only like a very small percentage of people finish the finals course. Like it's... Very, very hard. But for me, coming with no type of uh, background in this or ever trying any of these obstacles, I was, like, super pleased with my with my performance. Yeah, I feel like when people look from the outside in, everyone's just like, 
or you do freestyle calisthenics, you'll kill American Ninja Warrior. Mm-hmm. You just slaughter it. Or right. Like, oh, it's gymnastics what you do. So all these right. alternative things look cool and they look the same, I guess. But once you're involved, you see all the differences. So I tried out for American Ninja Warrior and I, I fell on the you one. You did American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Didn't you do it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I fell on the one that was on the trampoline and you had to jump the net. Because mm. calisthenics makes you great at the salmon ladder. It makes you great at climbing. Yeah. But it doesn't really teach you how to jump properly. On or a trampoline. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole other world. Yeah, and it was a small trampoline. It's the first time I've ever seen one. Yeah. And so that's the type of things that most people don't think about, right? When they go to the show. Or or all the small little like grip strength stuff that yeah. they do on that show. Like you could like I would always tell people this, like, I mean, calisthenics, we hold bars all day. We could hang on a bar forever. Like our grip strength is sick on a bar. But now if you turn those bars to the side and now you got to hold them this way, that's a whole nother world, a whole nother world. And now if you take away the bar completely and just give us an edge and now we have only our fingers, it's a whole nother world. So that's what I was not expecting from Ninja Warrior. How did you train differently for American Ninja Warrior or did you at all? Yeah. And that's how I did it. Yeah. By getting different type of grip strength. By doing a lot of rock climbing, by buying um, some of the holds that people use on the show. So it's almost like some of them are like just like circular balls and some of them are like cones. Some of them are and like... you hang them on your pull-up bar? Yeah, and you hang them off anything, pull-up bars or anything else. And you just kind of hang on them, you know, do pull-ups on them and things like that. So now you're using different type of muscles on your forearms that you might have never used before. How about the warp wall? Because I actually never been able to I get the warp wall. I love the warp wall. See, that's the type of thing I, I'm great at. See, and I think this is where rollerblading comes into play. I mean, think about it. We do the same thing in rollerblading, right? On the on the big, uh, what are they called? The use? Yeah. The big use? Oops. Um, Were you able to do it the first time you got to it? Or did yeah, you have to train for it? My yeah. first try ever. I got it, I got to do it. And it's just because it felt natural to me. But the one thing that people, the one mistake people do on the whirlpool is that they run to it, right? Instead of running with it. So basically, once you take a step on the wall, now your foot is on a on an angle. Now your chest have to go on that same angle as your foot. And the more steps you take off the wall, your chest have to follow that angle. If not, you're gonna run into the wall. That's the only mistake people make. Once they do that, that little change. Most people get the wall after that. It's kind of like your matrix running. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That is a little scary, though. It is a little scary. But, like, what the first time I have people people try it, I just put my hands on their back. And then, you know, they feel like that hand there. They're like, okay, I'm not going to kill myself. And then they get it. Once they get it once, it's super easy. All right. So you're the tester on the show, and then you eventually got on the show, right? Yeah. So explain to us how that. So after doing that course... Uh, testing that I stayed there for the night to watch the actual event happen live and it was freaking amazing I mean I left out of there like ready to like kill it so I went back home uh, when the the next year for the next season they opened up uh, auditions and I I auditioned I sent a, a video in and I made the application online and wasn't expecting to get a call to be honest just because I knew how many people auditioned for these things I mean I think it was 78,000 a year I got a call. And so I wasn't expecting to get a call. I really wasn't. And I got the call. And I mean, it was the happiest day of my life. It was surreal. And how did you do? I did I did really good. How is it that moves on? Is like the top 20 moved on? Um, so the first the first night is the qualifying 
round and about 100 and 105 to 110 people run the course that night and out of those uh 30 people make it to the finals qualifying night so there's a qualifying course and this finals course for that for that round so um for the for the finals night is the same course plus five obstacles um so out of those 30 15 people make it to the actual national finals which is in vegas so on the first night i got 21st so i made it to the finals night and then in the finals night out of the 30 people that competed i was 14th oh wow <laughs> so one spot more and i would have well i would 15th could have made it too so i was 14th so i made it to vegas and then in vegas basically you're just competing until you fall. If you fall, you're out of the competition completely. So there's four stages in Vegas, and you're just going through each stage without falling at all. Doesn't matter which place you fall, you fall, you're out. That's cool. Yeah. And then how did you do in Vegas? You... I didn't do quite as good as I wanted to. I think I tell people this a lot, too. This competition, Ninja Warrior competition, most people that get on the show have the ability to do all the obstacles that are put in front of us. But most people don't have the mental fortitude to do it on that spot when the videos, um, the cameras are watching you and the and the and all the the organizers of the show are there and the producers are rushing you and telling you three, two, one, go, go, go. Most people let that get the best of them. So it's is mental. I mean, I would say more than 50% of it is mental. So I, on, on the qualifying night and the finals night, I was super mentally prepared. I mean, I was doing a lot of visualizing. I will, I will sit in my room, watch YouTube videos of people doing the obstacle courses or, or the Ninja Warrior uh, courses. And then I would just close my eyes and literally visualize each obstacle visualize myself doing each obstacle, which leg goes where, with detail. And, and I did that for hours, um, at least three nights in a row before I competed. And I swear to God, that gave me the edge. I feel like if most people would have known how hard it was going to be mentally, they would have prepared differently. Now, when I get to Vegas, now I'm competing against people who I've seen on TV for years. You know, some of the greatest. And that definitely kind of, messed with my head a little you know and we were there for at least two weeks before we competed doing all types of different um behind the scenes things that they do that's really cool us. so it was a lot of hanging out a lot of like cool experiences like oh man we get to go do this oh we get to do b-roll we get to go here we got to go there and and we got to go see the course being built and we got to go like check out the obstacles how they look and things like that and it was just a lot of like I fell into the fan. You know what I'm saying? I was like a fan. Yeah, I was like just watching this as a fan instead of I'm a competitor. I need to think differently. You need to you need to be visualizing yourself winning this this show, not oh my god, this is so dope. And that's what I think got to me for sure. You know what I mean? Well, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Our time is running low here. Yes, sir. Let us know where we could find you and uh, what are some of the things you're offering now. So right now, um, I'm doing the YouTube channel with Bar Stars, doing that. And I'm also, I just created my website, which is SamerDelgadoFitness.com. And I'm 
also making an ebook that I will be giving out for free. So if you guys out there want to learn handstands, this ebook will show you exactly how to do a handstand for beginners, show you how to get over your fears, show you how to do the very, very uh, small steps in order to get yourself upside down. This is going to be given out for free. If you go on my website and look for the link for the ebook, handstand ebook. And also if you guys all share it on your Instagrams, um, I will make sure I reshare it for you guys. Other than that, my Instagram is fitnessblast, at fitnessblast with a Z, B-L-A-Z-T. Yeah, that's about it. Also TikTok, fitnessblast. Fitness Blast across all platforms. Yes. SamRadelgadoFitness.com. Get the free ebook. Thank yes, you. Sir. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, brother. Always a pressure. If you guys want to learn more about Kaisai's training, I advise you guys check out Barstars BTX. It's an app on your phone, also a web design, and also printable PDFs. It gives you a full 12-week program of calisthenics. It teaches you from a beginner progressions all the way to the advanced with basic conditioning as well as introductory skills, such as the planche and the front lever. You'll be able to learn these step-by-step while conditioning your body and turning yourself into an all-around badass. Check it out, barstarsbtx.com.